Paragimel Mishnah Dalid. The Mishnah presents another example of Nidre Anasim. That is a case where there is an element of Ones connected with a person's nether statement, as a result of which the nether doesn't actually take effect. That is, the Mishnah teaches Allah is no Durin, the Haragin, the a person who is under threat from a murderer, someone who's willing to, to kill to steal someone's property, or a regular a petty thief who isn't threatening his life and wants to steal his property, or if his property is under threat by an unauthorized tax collector, he's really just an extortionist posing as a tax collector, he comes and wants to take this person's property. The Mishnah rules that the property owner can make a false nether, stating that uh, all the fruits of the world should be forbidden to me, for example, if my following statement isn't true, shehi truma. That, for example, if it's a produce that the person is threatening to steal, says, I wouldn't steal that if I were you, for that's truma. It belongs to the kohanim. He can make such a claim backed by neder, afal pisha ain't it truma, even though it isn't true, the produce is not truma. But he can make this claim to protect his property, for ironically, a lot of these thieves, you're talking about your Jewish thieves here, although they have no problem stealing from a person, if they hear that it's truma, then they'll think twice. That's already a ritual component, they're afraid of that. So you could say, it's truma, don't steal this, and if what I'm saying isn't true, then uh, all the fruits of the world should be forbidden to me as a nether, as a means of you know, verifying the truth of what he's saying, to convince him, or he can make a nether, shehin shal beis ha-melech, shal beis ha-melech, he says, you best not steal this property because I'm holding this for the king. It's government property. And even though it isn't true, he may claim this. And again, they're connected to another statement saying that, for example, all the fruits of the world should be forbidden to me if what I'm saying isn't true. But uh, the Gemara says, in order for this to work, he has to have in mind that uh, the prohibition should only last for a day. If he does this, the practical halacha is that uh, no nether whatsoever is created because of the concept of pivoli boshavin, that there's then a disconnect between what he said, which implies a nether without any time limit, versus the kavana, the intent uh, behind the words, which was it should only last for a day. Now normally we wouldn't go by the person's unspoken thoughts because of the concept of dvarm shabalevin and dvarm. Usually if the thoughts are different than the speech, we disregard the thoughts. But in this case where he was up against the wall. He was being held at gunpoint. The person was threatening to steal his property. The limiting thought to that time limit is deemed a factor. And so we you know, compare that to what he said, and we say it doesn't match up. Therefore, in the end, no nether takes effect. So we see that this case of Nidre Onsen is different than the other categories in the sense that where the person, let's say, made a nether because he had been misinformed about the situation. He was, let's say, upset at his wife. He thought his wife did something, so he said a nether on her, but it turns out she didn't do that thing. So that's a nether of Shogeg. In that case, for example, the halach is the nether doesn't take effect whatsoever. Uh, here, it takes a little more work to get to that result. You have to have that to disconnect between the nether and the thought. He has to like, qualify in his mind that it should last only for a day or a minute. And that's because you don't have as a clear cut of an argument in this case that, oh, the whole thing was a mistake. Not really. He made this pronouncement because he was under pressure. But still, if we go by strictly the words he said, he said, 
if it's not true as I'm claiming, then a nether should take effect. All the fruits of the world should be forbidden to me. So there's more of an argument here to say that, okay, since what he said isn't true, that should trigger this conditional nether and all the fruits of the world should be forbidden to him. Yet the halacha is because he was under duress, we factor in the intention, and if he included in that, it should only last for a day, then that disconnect with the words he said results in preventing the nether from taking effect. Wernar presents a three disputes of Beisham Yisrael as regards to the particulars of this dispensation to make this your false statement backed by a nether to get rid of the extortionist. Beisham Yomrim Bakol Nodrin Since Beisham ruled that to get rid of the extortionist we can make any type of nether whether that's saying, you know, what I'm saying is not true. If it's not true, then the fruits of the world should be forbidden to me. Or he can, for example, say that my possessions should become consecrated for the base of Migdash, if what I'm saying isn't true. All of that would be fine. Chutz mi except making a shvua to... to shvua would be out of bounds. Meaning, for example, if he would say to the extortionist that if my claim that the produce is trumas, he can't take this, is false, then I hereby swear that I will not eat any fruits ever. That would not be permitted because... The Torah attributes a particular severity when it comes to shvuos. Even more than the Darim, Pasuk says about false shvuah. Lo yinake, Hashem doesn't forgive that. So we're especially careful when it comes to shvuah. So even though it's not, you know, quote-unquote a real shvuah here, it's a shvuah under duress. We could, you know, in theory, you know, work this out, disconnect the intention from the shvuah. So it's not really a shvuah, but no, we can't tamper with Ishvua, we can't use this as a tactic to get rid of extortionist. Would Bishilal Omrim Af say that he may even to validate his words, his claim to get rid of the extortionist, back that up with a shvua. So for example he could say that if what I'm saying isn't true, if it's not say the king's property or truma, then I swear I won't have any fruits, that too would be acceptable. Next dispute Bishami Omrim Lu Yiftahlobinether. Sims of Shammai said that this whole discussion applies when the extortionists demanded that he take a net there to verify that his claim that it's true more the king's property is true. If prompted so by the extortionist, the property owner may respond by making a nether to that effect. But the students of Shammai said the property owner may not on his own try to convince the extortionist that his statement is true with a nether. However, the students of Hillel said he may be the one to initiate and say that uh, this stuff is true, you can't take it or it belongs to the king. And I back up that claim with a nether. And the third dispute with Shami Omrim, students of Shami said that when he makes this nether to back up his claim that he can't steal this stuff, it's true, or it belongs to the king, he may only connect the nether prohibition but Meshuhu Madiro within what the extortionists demanded that he include in the nether. We'll see an example. But once again, students of Hill are more lenient, and they say that the property owner can seek to further validate his claim by choosing to add additional things in the nether that the extortionist didn't ask him to include. How may this be illustrated? The Mishra provides the following example. Say The extortionist demanded of the property owner that, oh yeah, you're saying that uh, stuff is truma, so I can't steal it. Well, then prove it. 
by saying that a konim, a nether prohibition on my wife, she can't benefit from me if what I'm saying is not true, that the stuff really isn't truma. Viyamar, and in response to this demand, the property owner goes even further and says, konim ishti ubanay that if what I'm saying isn't true, then not only should there be another prohibition on my wife, but on my children as well. Misham will argue about whether any leniency applies as regards the component of his ned there that he applied to his children. Students of Shame said that as regards the ned there that he made in respect to his wife, there the leniency applies. We say, okay, this is under duress, and as long as he who had a different intention, we consider it a non-nether. So his wife remains permitted to benefit from him. However, the nether is, in effect, as regards his children, since the extortionist never asked him to extend the nether in that way. And therefore, he's afforded with no leniency as regards to that component of the nether. So he's going to have to deal with, now there's a nether, and his children will have to get that annulled by Chacham. However, said, that the nether doesn't take effect whatsoever, not with regards to his wife, nor with regards to his children. For the students of Hillel do not make any issue of the fact that he decided to even further strengthen his claim by extending the nether to his children. Since this is all part of the scheme to just get rid of this extortionist, it falls under the category of Nidre Anasin that we say, if he had in mind, I don't really want this to last in more than, let's say, a minute, then we regard that as a disconnect between the nether and the intention, and as a result, in practice, it's not considered a nether at all.